Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to to you, O Lord. Lord. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue and, on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. New year, new me. Right? This is that time of year where we, we start off and, and we have all of these goals that we set up for ourselves, these, these resolutions to, to do things we've never been able to do before or not do them, as it turns out. Because for every year for the past decade plus, I've always had the same resolution that in the course of the year, I am going to read the entirety of the Bible from cover to cover by sticking to a daily reading plan. You want to know how many days I made it this year? Three. Three days, and I'm already off the plan. I have good intentions, but as I've come to realize the pastor, my intentions don't always lead to results. And, and what I have also come to realize is that as a pastor, I have sort of an interesting relationship with Scripture, right? People assume because I'm a pastor, I must have memorized the Bible cover to cover, when, when truthfully speaking, I barely have memorized any portions of it, right? But I at the same time, I'm really good at, at recognizing Scripture, particularly when Scripture is being abused or used incorrectly theologically. Now, recently I saw a mug that I do need to adorn my, my new office, and it said this, I can do all things through verses taken out of context, which truly is sort of a gift these days, it would seem. We can do all things if you read the Bible the way you want to. And On the flip side, too, it's this thing, this weird place I find myself. I I read and reflect on Scripture really almost on a daily basis. But seldom do I do it for my own sort of faith journey, but instead it has a greater purpose. I'm reading Scripture to prepare for a sermon or to prepare for a service or what have you. Seldom am I doing it for my own sort of in growth and education. And, And that, of course, is a difficult and troubling thing that I'm trying to work on personally. And today, it is through Scripture that Jesus reveals himself, himself as a fulfillment of Scripture. He reveals himself and kicks off his public ministry with a spirit-filled proclamation of the Word. And truthfully, in the early parts of Luke's gospel, the Spirit is all around. The Spirit is there at the baptism in the form of a dove coming down as the pronouncement comes from the clouds, this is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. 
It's the spirit that's there as Jesus ventures out into the wilderness to be tested over the course of 40 days and 40 nights. And it's that same spirit that then leads him into the synagogue, kicking off in Luke's gospel, Jesus' very public ministry. And it's that piece of scripture, the seemingly impromptu proclamation of Isaiah 62 that stands at the center of our gospel here this day. And I use that phrase seemingly impromptu very intentionally. Because as it turns out in ancient times, proclaiming the scripture publicly was well, not really an impromptu thing for the most part. It took great practice and great skill in order to do it. As it turns out, not every place even had scripture available. Sometimes it was available in, in just a region, right? And, and so getting your hands on it, being able to practice was not easy. And even then, because of the scarcity of materials and scribes to transcribe, it wasn't easy to read. Oftentimes, really tiny texts with no spaces and perhaps even more frightening, no punctuation. Trying to read was a process. And yet Jesus, filled with the Spirit, stands up and proclaims God's word here this day. And still, yet this day, proclamation stands at the center of what we do. Truly, as people of God, as a community of faith, the proclamation of God's word is central to our work. Whether it be on a Sunday morning, me preaching, or or an assistant reading, or you reciting backwards, or, or maybe it's a Wednesday morning, a Bible study. The proclamation of the word continues to be an important part of who we are. And I think, too, then, today's proclamation by Jesus is so significant. As I mentioned already, in many ways, it is a self-revelation. It's a revelation of of who he is going to be, a fulfillment of Scripture, but also he points to God's liberative work in the world, points to what God is up to in creation at this time. And Isaiah 62, in many ways, serves as the blueprint for Jesus' public ministry, right? This not only kicks it off, but kind of provides the roadmap. In many ways, I like to think of this as Jesus' mission statement, right? And his mission statement is going to include a wide range of things, not limited to, but including bringing good news to the poor, liberation for the oppressed, release of the captives, returning sight to the blind, and the year of the Lord's favor, the jubilee. That that moment historically where the systems of of economics in our world are, are turned on their head and people are forgiven their debt that they may have a new lease on life, a new opportunity to simply survive in this world. And what's missing, right, from this mission statement, what's missing is really specific, right? Notice Right? Notice what's missing is this idea, is, is this notion of how am I going to fulfill God's righteousness, right? That's not what Isaiah 62 is about. It's not trying to appease God, but instead it's asking how can we reveal God for other people? How can we carry out God's mission and ministry? How can we proclaim and share the good news? How can we meet people in need and provide them with God's loving presence? In other words, the Spirit, isn't concerned about figuring out what God can do for us, but is always pushing us to determine what can we do for God? How can we serve God's people? How can we proclaim God's good news to the world? Now, 
loved by God. We grow, care, give, and share in Jesus' name. That might sound familiar to you. You know why? It's our mission statement. Every church has one, right? Everyone has one. And we pour over them, and and we spend all this time on them, but that's ours. Loved by God, we grow, care, give, and share in Jesus' name. Now notice, ours isn't quite as specific as Isaiah 62, right? It it doesn't tell exactly what we're going to do, but again, provides a roadmap. A roadmap for how our spirit-led discipleship goes. How it is that we will measure ourselves against what we've committed ourselves to do. It's that place where we figure out how is it that our proclamation goes from just being words on a page to actions in the world. That's what a mission statement is all about. And what's hard sometimes is to sort of gauge yourself. And this last week, it was interesting because, as I mentioned before, we hit the greatest milestone in any church office, the end of annual report season. We finished it. Which meant that I got to sit there and read the copies of the annual report and give final comments before going to print. And as I read it, it became very clear to me that this is how we measure ourselves. This is exactly the thing that I was talking about. Reading through, it became clear that we are moving with the Spirit in new and creative directions. That proclamation of the Word is is no longer confined to physical attendance in a space, but can happen in all spaces, across all time, across the country. That we have found new and creative ways to proclaim God's good news that is more accessible and more inclusive than it's ever been before. As I look through it, I also am stunned once more to see just how generous our congregation is. How, how it is that we're so apt to give of our, our time and talents and sure resources to continue to support the mission and ministry of this congregation. To do the things we say we're going to do. It is remarkable to me to see how it is that we all pull together from what we have and collectively what we have is always not even just enough but it's abundance. It's more than we could ever need to do the work that we seek to do. And then it's that spirit of compassion. It's that commitment to be more inclusive, to to be more advocates, to be in solidarity with people who in our world are oppressed. Last few years, we've spent plenty of time in book groups reading about how racism affects our lives, our faith, and our country. But now it's this renewed vigor to want to go and become anti-racist, to take steps in the days and months and years to come to seek out ways to participate in that vital work. And it's realizing, too, that sometimes... Sometimes saying all are welcome for the people who've already come into the church isn't good enough. Sometimes it means you've got to unfurl the banners outside on the porch, literally, to ensure that all people in the community realize that not only are they welcome here, but they are invited here. That they can come and be a part of this congregation in the fullness of who God created them to be and who God called them to love. That's the kind of amazing work that I see happening all around us. And it's happening in this time, in this moment, that is full of change. Things are changing so 
rapidly these days that sometimes it's impossible to keep up. You just kind of get your footing under you of what the world might look like, and then it's just different the next day. And I'm going to let you in on a big secret here. You ready for this? The church isn't known for being adept at change. I don't know if you know this. It's kind of not our thing over the years. And yet, here we are, as a church, right, as a community, changing almost every other day. And it's remarkable to watch the Spirit working in that ongoing process, right? Because here's the thing. Today, Jesus ends his proclamation of Scripture by saying, in this promise has been fulfilled. In other words, Jesus' earthly ministry, the ministry of his apostles has long since drawn to a close, and yet, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we continue in that work yet today as modern-day apostles sent into the world to share God's good news with those in need of hearing it. Because truthfully, our good news is worth hearing. It's worth sharing. It's worth living. And so as we enter into this new year, right, as we enter into this new space, as we talk about budgets and and as we reflect on what we did last year, here is my hope for this community as the pastor called to serve in this place alongside of you. My hope is this. It's not that you all memorize our mission statement, right? I don't care. Memorize it, don't, it doesn't bother me. What I'm actually more concerned about is do you live it out, right? And I think that's the key for us. It's the key to being faithful. It's one thing to to read scripture, and it's one thing to say things, but it's another thing to live those things out. And I think that's what I appreciate so much about Jesus' proclamation of Isaiah here this day, is that the things that he says are going to happen are the very things that he does. And in doing those things, he reveals the fullness of God's glory, God's grace, and God's hope for the kingdom to come, just as we do the same here. So in the year ahead, I pray that together we can carry out our mission, not just through proclamation of our mouths, but through our hands, our feet, and our bodies in service to the world around us. Thanks be to God. Amen.